0: This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their Taproom in Marietta, Georgia, or online at IronmongerBrewing.com.
1: Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? It. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt. Welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We are
0: broadcasting for the Beer Guys Radio Studios in Marietta, Georgia. This week, we're talking random beer topics, Brian. We are. We're going to do it. We've got a lot of hot topics to cover I'm Tim Dennis, as you may know, or may not, if this is your first time tuning in. Thanks for joining us. And as always, I am here with my good friend and co-host, Brian Hewitt. Hey, Tim. So joining
2: us today, we have Jason Pellet, the brewmaster for Orpheus Brewing. We have Nathan Schieber. And I didn't you get your official job title? Are you cellarman? Or are you fork, forklift driver? What What's the f- fishing guide?
0: No, technically, I product development product development product development with cherry street brewing yeah that sounds cool
2: so we're going to talk about like you said a lot of interesting topics that have come up in the news about beer and uh maybe we'll get into what's going on with the the breweries as well of course we will yeah absolutely guys thanks for joining us
0: thanks for having us yeah you bet man always a good time hanging with you guys it's a and inviting you on the show is actually selfish because it's so hard for us to sync up all the time we're like you know what let's Let's just invite them to come hang with us in this exactly. It's easy. And drink some. It's easy for us, that's for sure. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, good stuff, guys. Uh, appreciate you again, as Brian mentioned, joining us. We're we're into November now. And it just seems like the last couple months of the year always to me seem like it's just a mad dash. It's just absolutely insane. Pumpkin beers. I saw someone lamenting the other day they couldn't find pumpkin beers already gone did you got are you guys pumpkin beer fans? Answer. do you Nate, nathan uh, you I mean, you not, a pumpkin beer man not a fan i actually have some in the car do you, do you? yeah I, i'm not a i'm not a huge fan but i i get it and um yeah this feels like we have to make them earlier and earlier every so year so trunk yeah.
2: aged pumpkin beer is what you're saying it, nice jeep, trunk you. jeep
0: age yeah yeah okay good All stuff right. did you have you consumed pumpkin beers this season i did have one the other day okay i i, I, I do have to try the beers we make so yeah fair enough yeah. jason how about you I've never made a pumpkin beer. I was going to ask if you'd ever made one. Do you drink them?
3: It's been a few years. Okay. I'm actually thinking like pumpkin as an ingredient. That's cool. Like I hate cloves. Okay. Um, right. So your standard pumpkin spice. Not a fan.
2: So somebody did, I believe it's been a few years. Lindemans did a pumpkin lambic. And uh, I don't recall it being really good, but. I, I like either. the idea of that. Like, that's an interesting agree- ingredient and in would you consider making some form of sour pumpkin beer or wild pumpkin. I mean, beer. you
3: definitely go different directions than what's become pu- like standard pumpkin beers. I mean, you could do I mean, I think the best ones are ones that don't go that direction. Like the original uh, that Dogfish had pumpkin or whatever it's called. Right. Like, that's actually a good beer. Um, never thought about going wild with it. But
2: yeah, you can go that direction. I well, was intrigued by it when I saw it. I'm like, well, I've got to try this. And now I, I'd have to go look at Untapped and see what I I thought of it at the time. A lot of people complain about Untapped, but for me, I still go back and say, did I like that beer? Let me go look yeah. and see.
0: Let <laughs> me see what I thought of that. You know, I think it's just become like you were mentioning, Jason, you say pumpkin beer and the pumpkin spice is already assumed. Yeah. You know? And based on a topic we're going to discuss here in a minute, I have not verified these facts. I will say that, but I heard that like, Uh, in the colonies that pumpkin was used for, for, for minnables. Yeah. It's it's traditional American brew, an adjunct, basically an adjunct. With cloves
3: and cinnamon and stuff like that.
0: Not so much. One time there was like a basic girl. I'll say that basic girl that worked in a brewery and that's, and boom, it became spice latte. That's how it happened.
2: (laughs) No, what happened is Starbucks decided we're going to make a pumpkin spice uh, latte. And people saw that. It's like, hang on. I bet you, we could do that with beer. What's
0: the weirdest thing you've seen pumpkin spiced?
3: Um, I don't even like spiced pumpkin pies. I think that's weird. Pumpkin, okay. Okay. you know,
0: pumpkin, whipped cream. That's all you need in a pie, I say. Fair enough. Just just pumpkin and whipped creamies. That sounds like the worst pie ever, Jason. I'm not coming over <laughs> I mean, the pie. You got to cook it. Oh, okay. And I think, you know, you know see, some yeah. sweet. No goodness, cloves, milk, though, I guess. though, guess right? No cloves. Yeah, I saw pumpkin spice salad oh. and <laughs> oh toilet paper pumpkin <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so that that's how far i've seen some of it go like you you know you pull off the roll and what spice are people doing it? with that's,
3: the toilet paper it might be the one thing that pumpkin spice could improve
0: toilet toilet paper <laughs> or, or salad salad <laughs> yeah i think i saw cream cheese okay, <laughs> okay. i can you know what i, I see almost that. see pumpkin that man cream cream. i almost see that yeah toast you up like a nice bagel and yeah yeah, yeah. pumpkin cream I mean, cheese it feels in. like i actually love i've made like pumpkin cheesecake before yeah, yeah that works well like i love pumpkin bread that's I do not I don't, I don't really like stuff. pumpkin. Yeah. So we, I think we've shared this before, but we really killed ourselves on pumpkin beers because maybe nine years ago now, Brian, probably Brian and another friend of ours, shout out to KBS, KBS. His initials, but we did a pumpkin beer bottle share. And we had like 13 different pumpkin beers. And this was back. uh Oh, who's the one that put Elysian.
2: Oh yeah. Dark of the moon. And all they those put out ones. a whole yeah. bunch. So
0: we had a ton of them. And I don't think that I have really desired a pumpkin beer since that share, that that was enough to hold me forever.
2: They're unappealing to me now. I it, I did what yeah. most people have done to themselves with tequila. I still love tequila and can sip on tequila. I know people can't. Yeah. Did too much. We flew too high to the pumpkin sun that's and right. burnt our wings yeah, burnt. and fell into the non-pumpkin ocean or whatever. I don't know. if That metaphor falls apart. Yeah, I mean,
3: that's why people do it once a year. You yeah, think <laughs> that's, that's it. Exciting. That's enough. You get your couple and then you forget. Until the next year, that it was like really not that great, yeah rib
0: of beer
2: <laughs> that's right I don't want to ruin ruin myself for pumpkin pie when that comes around in Thanksgiving, like yeah. J- Jason, I enjoy the pumpkin pie. I, do I, mean, spice I love it up spice
3: it
0: up. without the spices oh okay I, I don't think I've ever had that I, <laughs> I I'm not know. sure that I'm on board with you there, Jason. I would have to so. try that to see that's yeah. you know, I'm surprised since we're just past Halloween that. They haven't done more Halloween-inspired beers like you see some out there, but there's not a ton that are specifically geared to the Halloween season. I guess it's not a long enough season to it's do southern that. Southern Tier, when they did their Pumpkin, they did the Warlock. and so Yeah, true. Out. You know, they there's, kind of tied it in there, was, didn't wow. they? That's wow. right. It, okay. Yeah, well, and okay, they've been fair. around them.
2: Uh yeah. A lot of people swear by the Warlock. I had it and was a big fan of it's it. A bear, but- it's just Bear Lays, right? I mean... I think that that's a, a pumpkin stout, or isn't yeah. it? It's a chocolate, stout. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, it was yeah a chocolate pumpkin stout. Which... I definitely
3: like that. I mean, it's been years since I had either, but definitely like that one more than the pumpkin, pump, pumpkin, whatever it's called.
0: Pumpkin. All yeah. the pumpkin beers. I think the best one I ever had was uh, uh, Great Lakes Brewing. They did a pumpkin, barrel aged pumpkin. That was, I mean, their beers good. are so like subtle. subtle. And yeah,
2: artist- it was, it was super subtle, yeah. Is it Avery that does a barrel aged rumkin or something like that? I yeah, like they, that Kentucky, Kentucky
0: yeah. rumkin where the double barreled and all that. Yeah, yeah, I would try it's that. Like 28%. I, I would give that a yeah. shot. Also, something. yeah, it's yeah. it's basically It'll bourbon with a little bit of pumpkin in it. I'm like, of course, <laughs> I like it. There's got to be pumpkins. You were talking about pastry bourbons. We were talking about those just recently. There's yes, got to be a
1: and pastry a peanut pumpkin pie. Pastry spice.
0: Do you yeah. have any pumpkin peanut butter, Brian?
2: I don't know. You know what? I didn't see any. I, I bought a bunch of. Uh, Exotic peanut butters from a New Zealand peanut butter making company, and they have a lot of maple and they have a lot of uh they've got coffee in some of them and they've got cho- chocolate in a bunch of them no pumpkin though that I saw too so bad. I did not That's get too bad maybe next time, Tim, we should probably get into the beers of the week before we lose all of segment one here.
0: Brian, oh my gosh, we have just an insane number of great beers to get into as always want to thank our friends at the nest for sponsoring this segment. They were going to try and join us tonight. Adam from the nest was going to try and join us. But said he couldn't do it. Couldn't get childcare. He's got to be the family man today. But definitely check them out for your craft beer and barbecue needs. As it's cooling down, they have KSU stew, which in Georgia, uh, Brunswick stew is a pretty traditional barbecue thing. So you can try that out. Get you a sandwich. Get you a stew. Good sure. for the fall weather. Absolutely. Brian, for the beers out here, I'm going to mispronounce several of them. Uh, Rothhouse Pills yep. from Tannen Zapfel. Jason, you know these pronunciations pretty well, right? I mean, I think most people say Rothouse. Rothouse, I'm okay. no expert. Yeah, no, I yeah. think you're right. And I think right. it's
2: alternate uh, alternate uh, names for the same thing, but Rothouse is the brewery. So I like them a lot. Okay, yeah. gotcha.
0: One well, of my favorites. From Cherry Street, we have Peach Dame Beer from Dry Fontaine. And we have the Oud Goose, one of my personal favorites from Lost Abbey, which is relevant because mm-hmm. we're going to talk about them a little bit later we have track 10 which is a bourbon barrel aged with coffee. brian what's the style you just said bba oh it's an imperial style bba yes. imperial style with coffee and cacao nibs from orpheus like a white curtain blowing, blowing in, in the, the, draft, the wind blowing in the draft
3: from a half open window yes beside a chair on which nobody sits. there Upon you go man no that's one the one yes and that
0: is man. a wild ale aged in wine barrels we also have the one we're currently sipping a barley wine that is phenomenal. And one more the barrel. Uh, that's Elijah Craig, too, Elijah right. Craig. So that's good stuff. And you know what? That's it. We're out of time. We're You're listening time. to the Beer Guys radio show. We'll be back to talk Lambic right after this. The heat is on, and if you're looking for a beer to cool you down without slowing you down, Athletic Brewing has you covered with Athletic Light. It's certified organic with only 25 calories and 5 grams of carbs, and since it's not alcoholic, you stay sharp and avoid the hangover. And you can feel good about the beer you drink and the company that brews it. Athletic Brewing is a certified B corporation committed to social and environmental excellence. Use code BGR25 at athleticbrewing.com for 25% off your order. Athletic Light, the perfect summer crusher.
1: the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram Cannibal. Cannibal coming. now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show remember all
2: episodes are available on demand so if you miss the broadcast get the podcast beer guys radio is available on the podcast park and all popular and unpopular podcasting apps
0: now let's get back to the show brian we've got a hot topic a hot take yes this week it's not our hot take we're just uh reading and share the story of others hot takes Indeed, but. Everything that we think we may know about Lambic may be wrong. That's true. Yeah. What do you think about that, Jason? What do you know about the history of Lambic and Goose?
3: Well, I'll say the
0: the, the things that this new book thought most of us knew already. Okay, so you don't feel this is revolution? This is revolutionary
3: information. I think there is some like specific like. um things about like public pronouncements about how much grain is in beer means it's lambic stuff like that. I think, okay, that's historical record. Um, I don't care as much about that, but the stuff like where, where was it developed? How long has it been around? Um, is there anything special about the microbes in the pale and land? I think that stuff is like, if you really pay attention, you knew that the, you know, story
0: wasn't, really true didn't quite hold up brian i tell you what when we back up once you set us up for what we're talking about here
2: yeah so this is uh i, I gotta give a hat tip to zethophile the a beer blog and for for pointing this out he read through the book lambic the untamed brussels beer origin evolution and future and a guy basically went through and did some scholarly research all of the available historical information to see what is in fact the history of lambic and goose. and uh He's found it's a little different than what you might find out from the the Horal. Is that the am I saying that right? That's the right. The, uh, yeah.
0: the council that oversees everything about Lambic and Goose. So what's kind of been passed around in in popular stories is Lambic goes back to like the like six centuries. Yeah. And was founded in the Pe Pe-Hilton land, Pe-Hilton land of Belgium. You know, the the, the Belgian the countryside. Like the Valley of and, the Seine, I think is uh, what also yeah.
2: another name for it. Yeah. Is
0: it Lambic? is the village there that they Limbeek. claim it yeah. was named Frank for from royal from edicts there. on the amount of grain that had to be used in beers and all that and that's kind of the story that's been passed through generations that according to this book and this article on zithophile that's not true correct 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 what he's
2: saying is all of the all the material he's finding historically speaking puts lambic being created in the latter uh, quarter of the 18th century in the city of Brussels, not in the, not in the, 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 the farmland. Uh, it's not traditionally grown up from 600 years of, of people just spontaneously brewing things, you know, kind of an un, 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 not uncivilized, but an unsophisticated sort of way. Uh, it was a very intentional design to make, they wanted to make a strong long lasting and tasty beer. And as we well know, Lambics you can sit on those for 20 years sure. they're, they're beautiful beers longer still. if you yeah, want to Yeah absolutely right. so in in the actual brewing of lambic in the uh the Pehouten land uh didn't come until much later so it's just kind of the opposite so much shorter time frame they put forward that the possibility that some of the spontaneous brewing methods may have actually been learned from the English which I think is the hardest thing to possibly believe I don't know what you guys think about that No I mean I
3: think that's I think that was already accepted in some of the like Flemish brewing. Was it? This was inspired by English brewing, so it's certainly not a stretch to think that the lambic brewing. I mean, you know, and, and there was would have been a lot of cross currents, but the um, you know, the blending, the Brett, which was, you know, it's it's called Brett as British yeast. I mean, this is. You know, they've known even before they knew what isolated microbes were, what yeast was, you know, they've known that this character means that your beer will last longer.
2: And part of what it does to last longer is that those bacterias chew up everything that could go could be spoiled or used by other bacteria to ruin um, or make the, the the beverage dangerous.
3: Right. I mean, so, yeah, Brett, which is a yeast, not a bacteria. But yeah, so it'll yeah. it is aggressive so it won't leave much behind for other microbes and it's also like it scavenges oxygen um it slowly metabolizes all sorts of compounds so you're actually as you're aging instead of the beer degrading you're actually developing new compounds that are nice instead of just make your beer taste old <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Horal, the which is the High Council for Artisanal Lambic Beers. It's of course not the the Dutch standing for it, but they say that's they disagree with the recent disagreement. Correct.
2: Yeah, I think I don't know that there's been an official response to the book because the
0: book is fairly new. But yeah, they're But good. on their website they give the, the, yeah. the original version the historical about,
2: version right? that, that says, hey, this sprung up from people traditionally brewing. All they say at one point in time all beers were spontaneously brewed. And it was just like this and because of the nature of the microbes, it's like this this style is the oldest one produced because it could have only come from their area. Uh, originated there because of the nature of the microbes. So they say they have a perfect pedigree. They also have things about, like you were saying, that the proclamations and edicts, which the, the author of this book determined that at least one of those edicts or proclamations never actually occurred or was never recorded. It was it was made up, potentially made up by a historian in 1847 and then repeated ad nauseum until it just became accepted fact or accepted history. And it's not necessarily the case the other interesting thing is there's another edict about the ratios of wheat that we talked about, 1559, and they were t- talking about how the ratio of wheat in the grist matched exactly the modern version of what a lambic would, would use. The thing is, is the translation he le- that was left out, it also included oats in that. So it's like, this doesn't match. This isn't a lambic recipe. This is something else. They were brewing hazies.
3: Man. Yeah, they were
0: right. brewing hazy legs. The exact- they were haze growing back there, yeah
3: exact like in in, you know there's no exact percentage of wheat and lambic anyway so this is like in the 30 percent you know in range yeah so that's not exact anyway and don't forget your lactose exactly that that can be talking about like a vit beer
2: exactly Yeah. Yeah. yeah and and so that's uh that and there, th- that those two edicts, the proclamations, whatever you want to call them, are two of the things they they use to establish the the history, the pedigree of lambic going back six hundred, seven hundred years into the past in in the uh, the Sen Valley. And I mean, that's not the indication. If it's possible that they were brewing it earlier than that, but the problem is, is there's no re- uh, there's no record of it. So either they were doing it and they left no record, or they weren't doing it and it really originated in. in in Brussels. And that's, that's the thing that we can't possibly really know, but the actual established record apparently doesn't leave any room for them to have done it there anyway. So,
3: and and the thing is, and we know this is very obvious now, but it actually records of alcohol brewing, you know, alcohol has been taxed. Alcohol has been regulated and recorded for a long time. And this idea that Lambic existed in the Zen Valley and just nobody said anything about it for hundreds of years. It's kind of
0: absurd.
2: Does if, seem unlikely. If yeah.
0: Five hundred years from now, they talk about the whiskey brewed up in Nathan's neck of Georgia. We're not going to have a lot of records of that. You know. That's a good point. There so would have been some. My granddaddy made some uh some whiskey in North Carolina back in the uh, '40s and '50s, and I can guarantee you, there's no records there's uh, there to record. trace it down. Maybe
3: not of your Eurogram. Granddaddy.
0: There's some, well, there's sure. Some. There's some up there, but it's not going to be as well documented as the, uh, you know, the folks in Belgium doing it from their breweries and such.
2: So right. the the one caveat I I think that I have to bring up that uh, that the author of the article going over it's the book was reportedly subsidized by the owner of Cantillon and he, highly praised by it, and he doesn't. I don't think he's in the best terms with Horall and he, well, he's not in Horall. Yeah, so. he's not, and I think he left. He was in at one point and left. Or the brewery was. I don't know that he's ever been. It's certainly been a
3: long time. Because I know the first Coral blend in like 2009 did not include any Cantillon.
2: Okay. So Uh, maybe maybe never was. I thought that there was a little bit of bad blood. But there's a little bit of a vested possibly financial slash marketing interest. So it potentially could skew the research a little bit. And honestly, if you don't speak – if you don't read and speak French and or Dutch – going back to the dialects that they used back then how would you know you know like no it's really difficult for anybody as an outsider to go in and and take a look and say well no you did it wrong
0: crazy stuff man interesting to contemplate for sure you're listening to the beer guys radio show we need to take a break but we will be back very soon to talk more craft beer Have you visited Ironmonger Brewing recently? Take a trip and see the newly renovated and spacious tap room or enjoy the outdoors in their new beer garden with plenty of seating and shade to ease that summer sun. Ironmonger's tap room has a variety of craft beer and hard seltzer on tap with wine and spirits coming soon. Ready for a bit of adventure? Try out axe throwing with Ironmonger's 16 target range. It's a perfect spot for some quick fun or to host your next party or corporate event. So grab your friends and have some fun today at Ironmonger Brewing. Brian and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth
2: are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks, so you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. TruckandTap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you.
1: Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Your
2: <laughs> Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. I'm going to give a quick shout out to one of our great radio affiliates, KLID 1340 a.m. on Poplar Bluff, Missouri. Catch Beer Guys Radio and KLID every Saturday at 4 p.m. Now let's get back to this beer chat show.
0: This is a hot topic, Brian. So much going on in the beer world. Expansions are happening. And we saw a new term recently. That we thought was pretty interesting, growing down. Growing down. Growing down. But you know, it's it's just crazy what's happened in the beer industry. Times have change, of course. You know, the uh beer was already we were already starting to see some closures like in 2019. We were seeing that the plague set up on us and it just changed the rules there. A lot of people got, you know, ppp money and loans and stuff. Like 2020, I think in the state of Georgia, I don't think we saw a single closure. I don't think we did. And so yeah. which there should have been some. And it was crazy that, especially during a pandemic, we didn't see any. But here we are, 2022 now. I don't even know if they consider us post-apocalypse at this point, do they? Are we still in it? I I don't know what the rules are now.
2: I kind of keep seeing people talk about the pandemic like we're on the fringe of it, like maybe we're not completely out of it or – and I guess it depends on who you talk to. Honestly. I've heard that
0: we're just not really going to get out of it. Then yeah. it's going to come back around. It's it's going to be a flu. It's going to be a seasonal thing or what have But
2: you when well. does it stop being referred to as like a pandemic? pandemic. When does I it just know. say, you know, when people start when chicken talking wing about COVID, prices go
0: back to normal? You know what? That's, a, very That's a good, good marker. What's what? that? I thought they already had chicken wing. No, last weekend I was at a brewery that had a 20 rack of chicken wing for 40 bucks. What? $40 <laughs> for 20 wings. They're paying more than they used to. I can tell you that every place I buy my wings, I'm I'm about to upgrade to drumsticks only just like give me a 12 pack of drumsticks cuz it'll be cheaper than a than 12 chicken wings so the entire chicken is cheaper than the wings we'll keep an eye we do watch the chicken wing index quite closely so we'll let you know what the markets say i mean we don't have a kitchen so what do i yeah right who knows man so i
2: have noticed that i think some of the prices have come down a little bit but i think that people well i think you've got the supply chain thing so i think even if the wing prices are really lower than they were it's getting hidden by the fact that you simply can't
0: can't get them supply and demand chicken wing prices but you know interesting talking about growth and expansion here in atlanta brian and i went to sweetwater brewing recently one of uh, atlanta's staple breweries historic atlanta if you say georgia beer outside of the state people probably gonna think sweetwater if they're not beer people but we sat at the bar at sweetwater and drank alpine nelson alpine duet Green Flash. I think it's just called West Coast IPA. Yeah, they're West Coast IPA, yeah. And in Georgia, for those not familiar with the laws, you can o- the laws, you can only serve beer from that brewery there. So because of these expansions, we're getting these West Coast beers as a, quote, local beer here. But, uh, you know, there's a lot going on, Brian. I tell you what, why don't we back into this and start with Growing Down? Tell us about that.
2: So it's it's a, a little a little piece that I found. I think it was on Pro Brewer that I found this. Uh, Tommy Arthur of Port Brewing says the, their company is, they're putting their thirty barrel brew house and tanks up for sale, and they're planning to buy a smaller brewing setup and focus on single and double batch flexibility. And they're, he's coined the phrase—I think he's coined it—they're growing down. They're grow intentionally down. Yeah. reducing the size of of what they're doing. It's kind of like a, you know, the empty nesters going selling the house and getting the smaller thing—the
3: townhouse,
0: yeah—from the four bedroom to a. Townhouse
2: and, and like, have you guys ever heard this phrase before? Growing down is this a new thing?
3: I haven't heard the phrase, but I mean, I like how he talks about it. Like instead of, um, growing top line, and trying to grow bottom
0: line, making the bottom line better. I, I think okay, I think it's cool. I mean, downsizing sounds that's got negative connotation. It does, yeah. You say we're downsizing, that's negative. But growing down, that's I mean, a lot of things are about semantics and you know, right sizing. Sure. You hear that? You know, I'm right. in the staffing industry. So we hear all the different terms. I have heard the right sizing kind of thing, thing so.
2: being in IT. Yeah.
0: I mean,
3: because their their volume's already gone down a lot over the years. So the target of, you know, from a peak of 15,000, like targeting 8,000, that's not like they're targeting um, shrinkage. They're like, they've already done that, but they have the infrastructure for what they were doing or more than that. So So this is like just
0: making their infrastructure work with where they've already shrunk to. Jason, if you don't mind me, if there's anything I'm asking here, like I don't want to talk about that, just tell me, but in the time that you started your brewery and where you are now, the plans that you had when you opened, and I know with business plans and all that, you talk about your growth and expansion and where you're going to go. How much has that changed? And how do you feel about where you are now and what the future looks like for your brewery?
3: Oh man, that's complicated. Um, it's i mean my original vision of the brewery was much smaller than what was feasible under georgia laws um so to open had a much bigger plan and you know it worked how it worked for a while um we don't make as much beer as we did at our peak. like our peak volume was 2017 um so we don't make as much and we've done like we've scaled back amount of seasonals and stuff like that done much more of a focus on core and barrel age stuff so basically cut out the middle stuff okay um instead of like throwing like for a while we were doing like two seasonals in can um that's just unsustainable so so we stopped that um like a year and a half ago and yeah so the 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 core focus and the barrel age focus like so focus on the things that are special make people care about us um, and have good margins on the barrel side even though long cash flow lead time sure um, and then the core and then yeah the you know the new distributed beers just that's just a hard game especially without we don't, it's not like we have a big sales team or anything so um, so yeah I mean I
0: totally feel where he's coming from yeah that's when Recently, after we got direct sales laws here in Georgia, there were quite a few breweries that started doing brewery-only releases maybe two, three times a month sometimes. And everyone would have a hype marketing campaign behind it. And I made the comment on a forum, they need to slow down a little bit. And I got just torn apart about, are you actually complaining about too much good beer? I'm like, no, I love the choice. But if your special fancy release is every other week or three times a month, it loses the fact that it's a, spe- a special fancy release and people aren't going to get excited about it. It's not that special. Right. It's just going to blend in with the noise. You, you, It has to be controlled there. Yes, I love having good beer. I love going to a brewery and seeing a variety of styles and offerings in there. But if you're hyping up every one, it's just going to become a crying wolf situation events, eventually. It's a cash grab at that point. Yeah, And eventually yeah. people are going to be like, oh, this is ridiculous right because i mean cherry street you guys do you do special releases you had your dame beer day recently which we're going to crack into one of those lovelies here in just a bit but it's controlled right and absolutely there's some that like will never get released it's going to be something that you know we hold in such high regard that it you know it deserves its own day like that's fine one day out of 365 days like that's you know that's the way it should be and we'll do you know special releases but it's going to be a quarterly thing it's going to be something that you know we actually put thought into planning it and we take the time to get it ready and and to make sure that it's it's deserving of something like that not just throwing gimmicky stuff out there and just to to like you said build hype like unnecessary hype like we don't need to do that we stand behind our beer and let let that drive it
2: That's a really good point. I hadn't really thought about your release system, uh, uh, your schedule at at Cherry Street. But yeah, like it's not very often. It's frequently Dame beer or the anniversary, 12, 12, 12. And every time that shows up in the calendar, I'm like, oh, I that because like I'm not seeing it. I see fun new IPAs hitting the shelves from time to time. And I I enjoy those. I pick those up when I see them. But when there's a release release like a special, it's been a long time and now we've got a special beer. That's something, you know, and I kind of miss that from back in the days when releases weren't like an every other day occurrence yeah, like we were right. talking about. It's
0: nice. Brian, we're short here. We've had a great conversation, but we also do want to cover, in addition to growing down, Green Flash, who we just talked about, they've got a massive distribution expansion going on. You want to tell us a bit about that?
2: Yeah, yeah. So in in the opposite of growing down, Green Flash is doing a massive expansion. Their beers are hitting new nine new states or have hit nine new states already they're hitting nine additional East Coast states in 2023. They're adding two new uh, year round beers to the ones that are available all over the place an Imperial West Coast IPA and a Hazy West Coast IPA. Uh, it, you're shaking your head. I already have a question about that. Is that even a thing? Uh, so the Green Flash uh, expansion is a little different this time around than it was before. They're owned by Sweetwater and they're not opening up Crazy. a multi million
0: dollar brewery to do this. So they've got it ready. Crazy yeah. stuff. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're going to take a break we'll come back and talk to you a little bit a little bit about homebrewing i can't talk today
1: have you been to the nest kennesaw yet hi i'm adam owner of the nest in historic downtown kennesaw and i want to personally invite you to visit us With the best damn barbecue in town, 48 taps of always-rotating craft beers, a dog-friendly patio, all in two conjoined historical homes, we know there's something for you at the Nest Find us at theneskinnesaw.com to start drooling over that menu, or go ahead and grab your friends, your family, or just yourself and come on in for a pint. The Nest can't wait to have you at our table. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram roger roger what's our Victor victor now back to the beer guys radio show
2: welcome back to the beer guys radio show if you enjoy the show please consider supporting us on patreon just go to patreon.com slash beer guys patrons get cool perks like beer guys swag and commercial free episodes now let's get back
0: to the show back to the show you know what i'm gonna make it quick because we want to talk to orpheus and cherry street a little bit more uh other interesting topics, but homebrewing, Brian. Yes, November fifth is Learn to Homebrew Day. It is the same every year. You did? Have you ever taken part in one or hosted one, Nathan? Cherry Street, or you? Have you ever done that? Uh, I, I, we haven't. I haven't been there. If they have hosted one at Cherry, okay. Street. But when I was learning to homebrew, yes, I did take part in a in a Learn to Homebrew Day. All at right, Dogwood Growlers, way back in Dogwood, the Dogwood, back in oh, the that's day. Right. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And I know, I know, Jason was was a homebrew. Did you actually do the uh, learn to homebrew thing, or was that yeah, uh, you already know knew how to anything do
3: anything about anybody doing anything back when I was like twenty
0: years ago? It was like I bought my food on eBay. Like I didn't know. No, no. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. I that, I knew you'd been brew, homebrewing a long time, and that it was probably. Pre learned to homebrew, so day. about
2: twenty years ago, right? That was right around when they were starting to to do this. They, I think, they actually kicked it off in nineteen ninety nine. But the American Homebrewers Association probably wasn't as well known back then. And yeah, you know, back in those days, the internet was still very young. It's like infancy time sure. of, of the internet. Even yeah, even twenty
0: years ago, infancy. But if it's something that you're looking to do, if you're interested in homebrewing. Take a look because different breweries, different homebrew clubs, different homebrew shops and stuff sponsor events uh, for the November fifth. Sure. Your your homebrew club a lot of times they may do just kind of an open invite to some, someone who has a homebrew come come hang out and learn. And it's something that maybe even if you don't want to necessarily homebrew, it's it's pretty cool to kind of see how the lemonade's made, as they say, Brian.
2: I think one of the best ways to get into it is to find a buddy that's already doing it or or people that are doing it. It just it just watch you just like. I'll pitch the hops. Just tell me when to do it. You're like, get get used to the process. That's a good way to do it without the stress of I'm going to mess things up, you know, just
0: the social aspect of homebrewing and the camaraderie of that has led a lot of people who loved homebrewing to become pro brewers and then realize that pro-brewing isn't homebrewing. that's you know it's uh jason the first collaboration or the first time we ever helped out at a commercial brewery was at orpheus you know back in the the early early days we helped with a batch of a transmigration of souls and then you saw that and you're like i don't want to do this i mean you know our whole (laughs) recipe is like 15 pounds of grain and you're putting like 20 50 pound sacks or you know whatever it was you know so we're Cutting and pouring and cutting and I, pouring in the grain mill. I
2: have a picture of me drenched in sweat over the grain mill that was on the floor at that point yeah. in time. I'm not sure if you're it's still using that same one. one. Is it the yeah. same yeah. one? And I've been pouring sacks. I got good at... Uh, it's 45 minutes of... Pulling the threads.
0: transmigration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We and, clogged your hot back, so that was fun. That's not strictly us, was it? Was it our fault? I don't think it I don't was. think I don't it was. We probably. followed directions. We followed yeah. directions. Probably not very well. <laughs> that's, that's likely. That, that is likely. <laughs> that's right. So... Yeah. But that that alone was enough to let us know that the radio side of craft beer was definitely where we, where we needed to be. Where we drinking and talking about it is where we function. Our best. See,
3: I like for for home brewing. I never actually had a social aspect of it. I did it alone. I didn't even drink when I was home
0: brewing. Okay. I uh,
3: I just like focus on making something. And who makes
0: anything anymore? Yeah, we've got a buddy that is very scientific and methodical when he's brewing kind of the same way he doesn't like to drink he wants to focus on the beer he used to get so frustrated with mine and brian's drunk cells because when we (laughs) did this was a long time ago we were still fairly young and i i drank more i'm a fairly light drinker now to be honest with you i'll have a like wednesday and then we go out saturday but back then we'd have a brew day and we'd pop a beer when we started at noon and drink till we were done and he used to get so frustrated we missed the timing on a hop drop or you know he's like guys. Pay attention here. You know, you're going to wear two categories. Well, that, that's the it. problem
3: with doing collabs with the brewery. You either have yeah. one unlucky person at the brewery who's stuck making the beer. Or you have a few drunk people making one of life. the two, right? No, no <laughs> yes. I think it's always both. There's always both. one unlucky
0: guy and the rest of us are just getting drunk. <laughs> well, well but right. If there's
3: one unlucky guy, then like you the drunk people aren't messing up the beer.
0: Oh yeah, true, true. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah. We,
1: so it's so one or the other. So he's unlucky. He's <laughs>
2: gotta do all the work and cover for the uh, the drunk guys. Yeah, you gotta
1: have the one yeah. guy
3: that it's, keeps so it together. Like the last couple, I've tried to like
2: be like, all right, I'll
3: try to not have somebody be stuck not being part of the fun. So I'll
0: do it. And you know, it's well, they're not the best brews. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's like, you know what? It really is not that common for a collaboration brew to be the stellar beer from either brewery. You know, see,
2: that's
3: why for years, years, I didn't do collabs because I agreed like always disappointed in collabs. And like, and my point of view is like, if I had a great idea for a beer, why would it be a collab?
2: It's my, yeah. It's your
3: idea and for it's a not beer, like, right? For most of the time, like I've, I've had a few collabs that are different, but most of the time when I've done a collab, it's like, you know, throw some email ideas back and forth, and you're like, you're not going to get to, most of the time, you don't get a chance to like get together and really like come up with something special, and you do it and it's fun like they're fun that's why we do them sure absolutely um but it's not necessarily your best ideas so what what i've tried to figure out is like what what are things that i can like take from what we do and what are things i can take from what you do and like how can those come together and it's so it's not something that either of us would have done alone makes sense so i mean so i mean that. that's so it's kind of i mean that's one reason don't do a whole lot cuz that there's a lot more to it.
2: There's some real talk here. Everybody that ever, anybody who ever talks about collabs always talks about how great and how fun they are. And, and Jason's Jason's here. Like, here's the honest truth right now. It's they, they don't come out well. Because <laughs> no, no, everybody's trying.
3: Well, a lot of times they don't. Like, I've tried to be like selective about how we do them so that they don't come out like all the disappointing collabs that I had that made me <laughs> not want to do collabs. Yeah. No. So
0: I'm happy with our collabs. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things it's always it, it, there's so much work that goes into it that nobody ever sees and i had somebody comment the other day like oh this is this is a collab now you guys just throwing hops into a kettle now and i'm like well you didn't see the months and months of emails yeah and right and yeah. the, the meetings and the driving to atlanta and driving back up and it's just yeah there's so much more to it and
3: people yeah. and we're doing a collab with Barik in nashville in like two or three weeks literally we've been going back and forth for years
0: yeah, oh, okay. the long, the, the long beer. Huh? Like,
3: oh my, this has been. I've never planned on anything longer than I've planned on this
0: collab with Barik that we're finally brewing. Jason, what's uh, what's cooking at the Orpheus, man? What's what's co- what do we got to look forward to here?
3: Well, doing a lot, a lot of barrel stuff right now. So, um, well, open two of our barley wines tonight, um. Like we have a lot more coming in the next few weeks. We have a barley wine fest November nineteenth all right all cool. right. We'll probably have fifteen or sixteen barley wines on tap, about three or four new ones in bottles um and the week before that, our burning mouth hot sauce competition, and also releasing right. three spicy pepper stouts. ye who enter here today, I choose violence your secret slide volume three, all slightly different. And on tap are uh botanical wild beer, the bridge with
0: habanero. And then just, we just got lots of, lots of, stuff, that's man, a lot you know. of beer. If people want to keep up with what's happened to Orpheus, what's going to be the best way to do that?
3: I would probably come to our
0: Instagram Orpheus brewing
3: easy our enough, Facebook
0: man. also Orpheus brewing. Good stuff. Nathan, we're short on time, but tell us, man, what do people have to look forward to? let do a couple of big parties we got our black friday uh really cool beer releases we're doing uh then our anniversary is twelve twelve twelve, super awesome barley wines that we do this year i think we're doing a seven-year vertical pulling out some stuff from the cellar and uh you know we got i think we're releasing five 12-12s on twelve right. twelve our anniversary so really cool. cool stuff and then you know we've still got a few spots left open in our barrel society so we're pumping out some really cool single barrel stuff that uh Either we're letting the barrel shine or we're just going crazy adjuncts and just throwing the kitchen sink at it and letting it have fun and doing some, you know, interesting versions of barrel-aged beer. So, Sounds like a good time. Much fun, like man. him. Lots I
2: l- of barrel-aged beer. I barrels love on barrels. I love peach dame beer. Peach dame beer. Peach I peach dame dame beer.
0: beer. Yeah. 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 Uh, will, it, will it casts uh, that held a uh, piece decor. And then we put uh, our dame beer in it for 12 months and it's phenomenal. It's, you know, Big peach ring flavor, no fruit in it at all. Just let the barrel shine, and you know it's a part of the job I do now. Is a lot of barrel blending and stuff, and it's a ton of fun. Good stuff, man. Cherry Street Brewing on the socials for people to keep up. Uh, There you go. Social media We got North Shore, uh, Halcyon, and Vickery locations all on their own. No one outside of Georgia has any idea where those places are. So (laughs) Chattanooga, Chattanooga, Chattanooga. Alpharetta, (laughs) Alpharetta. Georgia, and coming, and coming, Georgia, Georgia, and Tennessee. Correct. There. yeah we invite the locals they forget that we're a, a national show here that's right so yeah, that so we're in <laughs> tennessee as well so come hang out good, good stuff out. guys thank you so much for joining us always a good time we yeah, appreciate for having us. thanks for having me you bet us. that about wraps it up for this episode of the beer guys ready show join us next week we're going to talk saisons and oysters with the good brewers at le bon beer fest for more craft beer info follow us online we are beer guys radio on facebook Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week and don't forget to drink local. Cheers.